Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. I am so excited that you are here and I have some news to share with you. We have a three-day challenge. It is called Overcoming Unbelief. You don't want to miss this. Unbelief is a destiny killer. It kills more dreams than about anything else. It is so, so important to make sure that you get in the room for this challenge. The challenge is completely free. You heard me free. It is over in Courage Co. www.courageco.org. Once you log into Courage Co. or if you create an account for Courage Co., which is also free, you will be able to access the challenge either under events or there's a section that says Courage Co. Challenges and has its own event section where you can RSVP for the event and get all of the details. But it will be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Central or 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. So make sure that you get in there and experience this overcoming unbelief challenge. There is some time in our life where we run up against unbelief and it can feel debilitating, but there are things that you can actually do about it and we're going to go there. So make sure that you get into the room for this free challenge, www.courageco.org. All right. So something that was stirring to share today was this topic of urgency. Urgency. And I'm going to break down what it is because I find that this is very important. This is actually how I live my life. Some people never get here. (laughs) And some people it takes a lot of pain to get here if they do get here. But it is a very important place to live your life from. Okay, so let's just break it down. Urgency means in earnest or persistent quality. It means insistence, persistence, determination, resolution, resolve, right? Tenacity, earnestness, let's see, importance, and top priority. Some synonyms for the word are pressing, dire, almost desperate. It's crucial, okay? It's critical. All right. Now, when you look at the word of God, I remember reading this verse for the first time and being like, whoa, it just hit me in my gut. And that verse is Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, teach us to count our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. So teach us to consider our mortality so that we might live wisely. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. You get the idea. Psalm 90 verse 12. And I just want to prompt you here at the very beginning of this episode. Are you living with urgency? Are you living your life with urgency? You know, when you wake up in the morning, that's a gift, right? You may think that everybody woke up this morning with you, but that's not true, right? And when we're honest and we read that verse, we don't know the course of our life. We don't really, really know. We can say that we do, but we don't know, right? And this is something to really consider. Why 
might you not live with that urgency? Why or where did you notice that started coming from? What about life is urgent? What have you made more priority? Or if you do find yourself living with a sense of urgency, why? What woke you up, so to speak? Psalm 103.15 is another one that to me is in the same vein or line of thinking. Our days on earth are like grass. Like wildflowers, we bloom and die. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. So with both of these, what it offers to me is, again, this sense of urgency about life, right? It gives me a sense of priority. I really want to make sure that I am focusing on the things that truly matter, right? Life is vanity. You've probably heard that before, right? But so often, and it's so easy to do this, we get caught up in our routines and our ways of doing things and crossing off our checklist and all that, unless something disrupts that, (laughs) right? But otherwise, that's what we do. We just are very usually self-focused, self-involved, doing our own thing. And so until something disrupts our world, that's just business as usual. That's how we keep it going. And it's really easy to start taking things for granted or overlook so many things that actually are blessings in your life, okay? Now, when you think about urgency, this is really important because it highlights to you your values. It highlights to you what the theme of your life is about. It highlights to you your ministry, so to speak, and what you are about. Ecclesiastes 1 through 12 talks about how all life is vanity. All is vanity, right? Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What does a man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to a place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes to the north. Around and around goes the wind and on its circuits, the wind returns. You get the idea, right? So often... Much of what we focus on is vanity. It's not producing anything eternal. It's not profiting us, really, in the grand scheme. And it's important to assess this. It doesn't have to take great loss, great disturbance or disruption in your life, great pain for you to wake up and become aware. This is a way that you can live your life every single day. Okay, I shared yesterday, and I feel like this post is worth sharing, but if you want your dreams to come true, you have to wake up. If you want your dreams to come true, you have to wake up. You cannot settle for going through the motions, for being lazy with your walk, for not even examining your inner life at all, for just expecting things to to go your way all the time and then getting upset when they don't. That is no way to live. If you want your dreams to come true, you have to wake up. Follow grace to do this. 
Awakeness is really awareness. And it's pausing often for holy moments, for divine encounters. At every moment, something sacred is at stake. Can you be aware enough to access an imaginative, creative, and powerful response to things that are happening in your life? When you are at peace, when you are aware, when you are present, when you are engaged in the moment, you're powerful. When you take the detour into fear, you access every other wicked thing. So today we're going to talk about waking up to the urgent life, okay? What's interesting is there is a woman who was being supported by well-meaning friends who are really trying to get her to take some positive steps in her life. And thank goodness for these well-meaning friends, right? <laughs> and some sometimes we need more than well-meaning friends and family, right? We actually need the help of a coach, of a therapist, of an advisor, of a mentor, something like that, that is outside of our world just enough that they can help us look into it. So this woman said, I know I live in hell, but I know the names of all of the streets. Wow. (laughs) Right? So this was a response this woman made to a group of her friends who are trying to get her to take some positive steps in her life. Right? I know I live in hell, but I know the names of all the streets. So what this highlights to me is that the biggest problems in really creating the necessary change in our life is hard, right? It's hard. No matter how much we know they're needed, it's hard, right? We like the devil we know versus the devil we don't know, right? We like to be familiar with the pain that we think we can control and we can tolerate a lot of it, which is crazy, versus stepping into new uncomfortable pain, right? That feels really, really hard, right? So whenever change is involved, which change is just a constant in life, and we either are going to change or we're not, we're either going to grow or we're going to die. That's quite literal, right? But for many reasons, we resist changes that we need to make, even when they're good for us personally, or maybe even for our business, for our family, something like that. Our brain is hardwired to resist change. That's just being a human, right? We are hardwired for survival, not thriving, right? But at the same time, you know you must change if you're going to end misery that's in the present and get to a future that you desire. Both the resistance and the imperative are real and both require attention. This is why we need courage, okay? So think about this. Think about in your own life where you might be resisting change. Think about it. When we resist change, there's two things that are happening here. Time and energy need to be looked at and examined when you're living an urgent life, okay? Because an urgent life is all about staying motivated and energized for change at all times. It's almost staying ahead of the changes that you know are necessary. So when it comes to time and energy, time is working either for you or against you in terms of, let's say, necessary changes in your life. 
If you're stalling or waiting, then you are tactically agreeing to more of what you already have or worse. You might know this to be true personally. If you are not creating urgent energy towards anything, right, towards a necessary ending, towards a necessary change, you will have no movement. No movement. So to get past this inertia of the past and the present, you need to do both. You need to address the urgency and the stall, okay? So often we've heard, right, that people resist change, but this isn't always true. So I want to challenge this thinking. It's more true that people resist change they feel no real need to make, Okay, so unless there's like a very real present need, it's not even that people are resisting change. They just don't even feel like there's a reason to change. Okay, so an example of this, let's say that I said, get up and go outside. But you are relatively comfortable where you are, right? You would resist my suggestion. But (laughs) if I said the building is on fire, get out now, you probably would see very little resistance to change. You'd quickly make changes that you feel need to make pain stop and avoid it. You would take action immediately. So on the positive side, right, you can do the same thing. If I asked you to stop shopping where you shop because you were pretty comfortable at that present store, then you probably wouldn't go out of your way to change. But if I told you that at another store, even a few miles further down the road, that they were offering three for one, you might be more than likely to go. So getting your brain to move to create a change and getting the people around you to do the same is going to take both fear of the negative and the draw of the positive. Your brain, this brain that we usually have on autopilot, but this brain really needs to get it. That if you don't move, something bad is going to happen. And that also, if you do move, you will get what you desire. You have to break through the comfort level that you are in, where you are settling for living in hell just because you know the names of all of the streets. You were not designed to cope, but to thrive. We've lived our lives, though, in survival a majority of our life, right? But just like a rose bush, you can't thrive without pruning, which means there's necessary changes that are truly urgent, okay? So something that is really interesting that I love doing when I'm working one-on-one with folks is we play out scenarios. This is so fascinating and so radical in the freedom that it offers, right? So something that we do is we play out the movies of their minds (laughs) and the movies of both scenarios, best case, worst case. And we play it out in advance and help each client. I help each client decide who they're going to be and how they're going to show up in their lives with this new information. Because just by playing out scenarios, we can see them more clearly. We get very different information than not looking at it at all. We understand how to pray and new creative strategies are presented, 
right? You start to gain confidence also because there's clarity around what is required for you to access it, okay? So just something to think about. When you are looking at the hell that you're in, play that out. What if you stay there for more months, for more years? What are the consequences of that? Who do you become in that story? What do you lose? What do you gain? Maybe even the things that you gain are not even things that you want. Like, what if you're gaining more stress? What if you're gaining more health issues? What if you're gaining more headaches? What if you're gaining more disconnections in your family? What if you're creating more distance between you and what you want, but you're getting provision, let's say, right? These are things that are very real, but we don't actually play them out. We don't look at it and we just accept something that we're not happy with at all because we think we should. And what we do when we're working together is we challenge that entirely so that you're not enabling yourself to live a life that's beneath what you're called to. Okay. Now, the other scenario, too, is you can play out this going well, that you actually get, although uncomfortable to make decisions, right, and be a CEO of your life, although that's uncomfortable, when you use your authority to make a powerful decision, you actually get what you desire, So play that out. A lot of us aren't even trained to think about wanting what we want or when we get what we want, how are we different? So play that out. Let's say that you do get what you want and sooner than you expect. Like, are you legit prepared for it? Are you prepared for it? How do you change in this scenario? Who do you become? What do you access? How does that change not only you, but the people that you're connected to? And when you see all of this evidence, right, you start building faith and confidence. And then when you're working together, right, you start getting structures and timelines and a really practical map to making this reality happen for yourself. Okay, really, really powerful. So I just want to offer that to you. Check in. Are you living life with urgency? Teach us to number our days that we might live with wisdom. Every day is a gift. Are you showing up like it? What would it take for you to show up like it? What if you started living like that now? And then what changes do you need to make so that you can get out of hell and start living the way you're designed to? What's it going to cost you to keep accepting this pain that you know that's familiar? And if you make a bold, courageous move, if you decide to show up for ultimately what it is that you do desire, what do you access and how does life become different for you? Whew, man, if you actually sit and answer those questions, (laughs) your life will change, I promise you. And if you need help answering those questions, I get it. I recommend working with a coach, creating this non-negotiable you time, this space for you to show up for you, to have accountability. Because let's face it, if we don't even voice it, it ain't gonna happen. If we don't put a plan around it, a structure around it, we're not gonna keep showing up, especially when it gets hard and scary and we feel all the feels, it ain't gonna work. So unless you're working with an expert that does this all the time, it's likely that you may just keep falling back into old patterns until you've strengthened new ones. So I recommend depending on what's coming up for you, working with a therapist, working with a coach, but getting somebody on your team to help you make these changes that you haven't been able to make in your life, right? So, so important. 
I do want to share that I do have, this is put on my heart, I've shared on a couple of episodes, that I have 10 spots to be working with folks. I've opened up 10 spots. Some of these are filled, (laughs) not going to lie, and they're filling fast here, but there are spots open until they're not. So if you do want to work one-on-one, if that's something that's resonating with you, if you know that you need to make a change in your life, don't sit on this. I get it. I get how easy it is. I know what it's like to self-sabotage, to hold yourself back, to to specialize in self-hate, right? <laughs> but it's something different entirely when you can start owning who you are and, and really stepping into the gifts and talents that you've been given and actualizing and maximizing your potential and contributing to the world in great ways. Very different life. And that, that is absolutely possible for you, but it does come with a sacrifice and a commitment showing up every day in bigger and bigger ways. And I know coaching for me was the biggest way that I could start showing up for myself. And it was terrifying, but also exciting at the same time. So I've got some spots open still. If you want to claim one of those, it's really simple. The plan is we will meet once a week, okay, for 60 minutes every week, starting at three months, and then you can renew if you want to do six, if you want to stay on for the whole year. It's up to you, but at least three months, all right? Really, really simple structure. All you've got to do is email info, I-N-F-O, at julianapage.com. Email info julianapage.com, put coaching in the subject line, and we'll make sure to get a call scheduled to see if this is a great fit for you in this season. But don't hesitate. Coaching is something that is, to me, such a gift. It's a vehicle of transformation. It's a space for you in your life to make great changes so you're not just talking about them at nauseum with your family or with your friends, but you actually have the space just to work on you. And you get to bring things to this space every time and get real answers that are so relevant to you and timely for you. So info at julianapage.com, coaching in the subject line, and let's see if this is a fit. Now, what I thought would be helpful for us today, if you're like, ooh, oh man, I'm not living an urgent life. What do I do? I'm freaking out, right? Like I get you. So Okay, there's two things that I thought would be really, really helpful. One of them is purpose. The other is vision. Okay, both of these have really allowed me to show up with a lot more urgency, with a lot more presence, with a lot more power, right, in what I do. So one of the compliments that I get, which I know is God, but what a lot of people will tell me is, I love your energy. You've got the best energy. I dig your vibe. You know, I've had this told to me so many times throughout so many different years. I even had someone say, man, you're so resilient. You're like a bouncing ball, right? Like life can hit you and you just shoot back up like out of nowhere. And I'm like, that's God, (laughs) right? But I looked at this and I was like, we can all live this way though. It's not like this is just a unique personality trait. It's something that can be trained and it's something that you can get really, really good at. And when you live with high energy, you just have a lot more momentum to serve you, right? When you are managing your energy all of the time, you actually have energy in motion that serves you versus working against you. And that creates a different level of ease in your life, okay? So two things that have really helped me energy-wise are purpose and vision. Because I'm somebody that lived many, 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 many years of my life feeling like I didn't have purpose, like my life had no meaning and it didn't make sense. I'm like, why would there be so much chaos, confusion, pain, trauma, all the things, and then no purpose for it? Like, 
it didn't make any sense. I'm like, there has got to be purpose. And while I wasn't walking with God, I couldn't fully see the purpose. I just had this like inherent knowing, this conviction that like this has to mean something. Like none of this could have just been happening randomly. Like I can't accept that to be true. But I still didn't know what my purpose was. And that was like this looming weight kind of, this lingering question. You know, the questions that keep you up at night. I'm like, who am I? Why am I here? How am I supposed to make a difference? Like, please help me make sense of all of these questions, right? That kept coming up for me. And then greater still, if you don't know who you are, what your purpose is, then there's no vision, (laughs) right? So you're kind of just like the throwing spaghetti at the wall model. Like, I'm just going to keep trying things and see how it goes. or I'm just going to keep investing in self-help, personal development, all the things and see what I find out. You know, maybe I'm just missing something. Yeah, you're missing some vision, right? But when you get clear on who you are and what your purpose is, then the vision starts becoming clearer and clearer, which is pretty neat, okay? And both of these bring a lot of energy and they help you live an urgent life so that you're not just going day by day and going through the motions and taking things for granted, right? But you're actually really showing up with intention every single day. And something that is dropping into my spirit now that is helpful to think about too, if you do find yourself going through the motions, right? You're just waking up and you're like, another day, I got to do this, I got to do that. And you you know, if you find yourself again, over here, we don't, we don't do judgment. We don't do good, bad, right or wrong, blame, shame. We're not, we're not playing that. Okay. Not doing that. But what is that offering you? Something that is helpful in this space is removing things from your life, right? Mentally speaking, kind of like the example of playing out the movies of your mind, positive or negative. Also, play out what it's like if you remove something, right? Like if you removed having optimal health in your life, your life might change. If you remove certain people from your life, your life experience might change, right? If you removed certain resources that you have today from your life, you didn't have them anymore, your life will change, right? So if you played out what your life would be like if you didn't have those things anymore, the interesting thing that happens is you start appreciating them even more. Like if I woke up and this person was just gone tomorrow, what would that reality be like to sit in? Like for real, for real, right? If I woke up and I no longer got to steward this resource anymore, what would that be like for me? What, what might that make me think differently about this resource, right? If I woke up and I didn't have, you know, the ability to, to breathe without thinking about it, the ability to move around in my body without any issues, like, how might my life be different versus like, oh, I got to get up today? Like, thank you, God, right, that I've got this body that is working according to manufacturer settings, like, right, like, you start appreciating things in your life on an entirely different level when you just practice this law of subtraction. When you entertain for a second what your life would be without those things, it's interesting how you'll choose forgiveness, how you'll choose to maintain connection, how you choose to really appreciate what actually is in your life in a different way, a whole new level, Okay, so if you do find yourself in that place, that is something that you can try on and just observe what happens. Okay, so let's talk about it. Most of us acknowledge that we each have these gifts. We have these abilities, these inborn traits and learned skills. But did you know that you also have 
some kind of genius. Walk with me for a second. What I mean by this is it's a God-given advantage that sets you apart. When you find your genius, you unlock all the horsepower of your purpose and race towards the greatness God has destined for you. Okay? So, so interesting. Now, think about it this way. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to see genius in other people, right? It's sometimes easier to see genius in others than ourselves, right? But you have genius. I promise you this, right? What kind of God would call you to a destiny for which he didn't equip you? He's given you genius, okay? Now, you know the scripture, you've likely heard it, that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. So, something you can think about with this is that you actually have these inborn traits, these talents, these abilities that God already put down on the inside of you. Let's call it potential, okay? But our job, one of our jobs, right, is to actualize and maximize that potential to work out, to walk out what God put in us. So it's imperative that you go on a self-discovery journey. If you've not started there, it's really important that you start discovering who did God form, shape, and anoint me to be? What did he plant on the inside of me, right? So couple examples, right? David was the youngest of eight sons, right? But long before he was crowned king of Israel, he demonstrated extraordinary bravery, cunning, and military prowess, right? Then there's Jesus's disciples, right? They might have been, quote, unlearned and ignorant men, right? Who were a bit rough around the edges, but the group also contained business owners, political activists, and at least one master extortionist, right? All before Jesus called them to follow him, okay? So then there's also Moses, right? Moses had some kind of speech difficulty, but as an adopted son of the Egyptian royal family, check that out, right? He might have been struggling on his own, but he was adopted into a royal Egyptian family. He then received the finest education available in the ancient world before God spoke to him out of the burning bush. So there were these innate talents, these abilities, right? Before God redeemed them and used them for his purposes, for his glory, right? Ultimately their destiny, okay? So think about that for you, right? Are there certain qualities that you've noticed have been present in your life? Are there things that people have spoke over you or affirmed in you? Just start thinking about that, right? One of the things that I have a knack for is taking complex ideas breaking them down and making them simple, simple, applicable, simple, applicable, and practical. There we go. So that you can apply them in your life because no information, right? No knowledge is of service unless it's applied, right? Unless you're actually implementing it and executing it in your life, it's not serving you. So that's one knack that I have. And another ability is to reverse engineer success. Okay, so I've been given this... (laughs) 
ability to to take risks and be really audacious and try some really crazy things. And I've learned a lot of things very quickly, but I've learned patterns of success and especially walking with God now, I've learned how to really align with track with him and what I teach in the God's Vibes Mastermind is what I've coined a spirit-driven success process, okay? So this is God's version of success for you personally. This is not following a guru. This is not following, you know, what some other person is telling you because God might want to do something entirely new through you. He will cause you to pioneer it. It won't even exist, right? So it does you no good to imitate or model what somebody else is doing, but it is of highest good for you to imitate and model what he's telling you to. So I have this ability to reverse engineer success and I can look at things and really figure out why something works, you know, and replicate that somewhere else, okay? So really, my purpose is really empowering people to fulfill their God-given destiny, okay? So this is something that's really, really amazing to me. It's something that just lights me up every single day, helping people figure out what success looks like for them and empowering them to fulfill their destiny in very real and practical ways for them, right? To work out what God put in you, okay? Now, this took many years to discover, but it's obvious. Like, I wear this hat all the time with total strangers when I'm working one-on-one with people every day with myself, like everywhere, right? Now, I also have to intentionally take that hat off sometimes, too, to, to show up in different arenas, but it is something that just comes out naturally, okay? So for you, think about that. What genius has been cultivated in you? What innate talents and abilities do you have? Because the reality is God made you on purpose with a purpose and will equip you for your purpose. Something that alleviated a lot of stress for me at one point when I was on this like heavy purpose search was, okay, listen, what up, girl? Here's what's up, right? God created you. You didn't create yourself. So you're here, which means you're alive on purpose. And let's make it real simple. Your purpose is just to live like it. I might not know the fullness of what that means, but I'm going to show up like today matters, like my influence matters, like every environment I step into has an opportunity connected to it. Like I'm I'm going to show up like I'm designed to be here because I'm alive and that says it all. Okay, so sometimes before I started getting more and more clear, right, and my purpose was almost being mirrored back to me more consistently, I just focused on showing up and being present in everything that I was doing and being excellent and being really intentional about it until more and more information was revealed to me, okay? So let's talk to about a couple of things here. This is something that I think is helpful to know for people that are, you know, fellow future trippers, high achievers, all of that. You don't get to pick your genius, okay? (laughs) In a weird way, your genius picks you, okay? More accurately, God gives you specific abilities to fulfill your purpose and withholds others that aren't necessary, okay? So for some reason, it's easy to get hung up on areas of genius that God didn't give you, okay? We just get fixated on things that are not really, you know, meant for us to be focusing on. But 
Your genius is what unlocks your unique purpose, okay? So we all have the responsibility for uncovering what our genius is. And part of that journey is developing enough self-awareness to walk away from any sort of wishful thinking, right? Because it's your genius that unlocks your unique purpose. What's somebody else's genius, right? Might be something that you like, but it might not work for you. So how do you begin to discover what your genius really is or isn't, okay? I'm going to give you a couple of questions that you can use to do this work, okay? First one, what do you give that people love to receive, okay? So for me, coaching is it, right? Like, absolutely it is. It doesn't matter what environment I'm in. People feel like courage has been poured into them. People feel uplifted. They feel like they're leaving better than when they first encountered me. They're feeling like they had a divine encounter. They're feeling like it was a necessary connection. Things happen like that. And I know that that's not me. That is God, right? Having me show up on purpose, okay? And trusting me with that in a lot of ways. So what do people, what do you give that people love to receive? Which of your gifts are people most excited, blessed, or honored to receive? What do they ask for each time they see you? And what do they want others to experience as well? What are you remembered for even months or years after someone meets you? Okay? What about being near you helps others feel more alive and attuned to God's goodness? That's one of my favorites. You know, that's an intention that I have. God, help someone, help whoever I'm connecting to feel more alive and attuned to your goodness because of our interaction today. Right? This is intention. This is prayer. (laughs) And God shows up, right, as answers to our prayer a lot of the times, right? And answers to these questions are major, major clues in uncovering your greatness, right? So I was mentioning things that are important when you think about my high umbrella type purpose, right? I need to have energy for the work that I'm doing in the world, right? It would not serve me at all to be low energy and talk to people about changing their life. (laughs) Wouldn't work, right? Like it wouldn't be helpful if I was not a communicator, if I hadn't studied and really developed expertise in this area. If I couldn't communicate, there's no way that I could help people (laughs) in the way that I'm designed to, right? It wouldn't be helpful if I hadn't overcome a whole lot of pain, trauma, lots of dysfunction, whole lots of heartbreak and grief and all sorts of things, right? It wouldn't be helpful if I wasn't on the other side of those things and didn't have a testimony and encouragement to offer and wisdom, okay? So all of these things really lined up. It wouldn't be helpful, right, if I didn't have a relationship with God and I was just giving people my advice, Mm -mm. I'm not here for that. People don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from God. That's one of the things that makes coaching with me so different. (laughs) I ain't giving you my advice, and I don't believe great coaches do. Great coaches draw the potential out of you. Great coaches draw the gold out of you. Great coaches point you to your source, who gives you the wisdom and the guidance and all of that, right? And helps you to trust it and track with it, okay? So coaches aren't giving you advice. Mm Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, next question. Who is affirming your giftedness, right? It's one thing, like if you have a family member tell you that, you know, you're God's precious gift, right? But it's quite another 
if somebody else <laughs> is highlighting that in you, okay? So it actually says in Proverbs 18, 16, a gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. So if you had anyone great acknowledge your giftedness, right? You know, you might say in, in some words, game recognizes game. Do you know what I mean? Are there people telling you that you're specially gifted in an area? And are they qualified to say so? Right. So I studied journalism in my undergrad and I uh, have a master's in film production. Right. Which is really psychology, sociology, <laughs> so many things. Right. But I kept having people in these areas highlight my writing abilities. And I thought I was very, very bad at this. Right. Like this was always English, right? And all these writing classes were always the classes that I had the most read on the paper, okay? Like there was just like so many markings on the paper. Like I was just like, clearly I'm horrible at this, right? And it just took so much effort and energy to do a research paper, to do a book report or whatever it was. Like it took so much out of me. So I never connected until other really gifted people, people that are producers, filmmakers, right? Um, high level profile people are telling me like, you have a gift in this. I'm like, Ooh, what, what does that mean? <laughs> really? No. Cause this is hard. I don't think you're right. I don't know what you see. Right. It's kind of like that. Or from being an athlete, people had always identified in different areas of my life, but I really remember coaches and athletics saying that I had a lot of heart that they could see a heart in me that was really, really different. And that's something that over time people really started saying. Or I remember something that stuck with me too is that people would say, your humor is a gift. It will help you go through a lot of really hard things and come out on the other side. And so anytime that I've been in really hard things, I remember to choose joy. But it's a comment like that that's just a very little comment that can resonate for a lifetime. Like, how powerful is that? <sighs> Can't even. Okay. Where do you see God's favor? Is there an area of your life where your results far out, far exceed your efforts? Is there an area of your life where your results far exceed your effort? Okay. So the Bible tells the story of Samson, who was able to topple a whole building with the strength of his arms. What? The Bible doesn't say anything about Samson working out, <laughs> right? There's no mention of protein shakes or stacks of peanut butter sandwiches, right? Yet, when he exercised his natural strength, the results were supernatural, okay? So is there something that comes so naturally to you that you assume everyone else can do it too, and then you're surprised to find out differently. Okay, think about that. You might overlook it, but where does God seem to double or triple the results you might expect without his favor? Where does he seem to double or triple the results you might expect without his favor? Okay, so I know this with coaching. I know that God's going to show up. I know that a miracle is going to happen every time. It happens every time. I know that God answers prayer. So I bring prayer into everything I do. Like I know that when I'm talking with somebody, it's God talking to them. It's a divine encounter. It's a divine moment. And if I don't get out of the way, that moment will be missed. It's a holy moment. It's a sacred moment. It's divine timed. It's a moment that is divinely timed, right? 
and God, I can partner with him to allow that to happen or not. Okay. And this happens with coaching. I just know it. I can feel it. I can just, I know it. Right. And that happens when I'm speaking too. Right. I'm not, I'm not even going to remember likely (laughs) sometimes, but usually I'm in the flow, right? Holy Spirit's given me the words to say. So I'm not going to remember necessarily what I was speaking about or what I was sharing because it was divine in that moment for that person. And I just got out of the way and let God use me. Right. But that's happening when I'm speaking, when I'm teaching, when I'm coaching, when I'm training. Doesn't always happen in other areas, but it for sure happens in those. And I'm not even really thinking about it. I'm just flowing in it. Okay. And I remember when I first found coaching, it caught me by surprise. I was like, no way. Like, no way. This, what? Right? Like, I have worked so hard my entire life. So for something to flow so naturally, to do all these, you know, exercises and things that were required to interact with people in this way, like, this is just obvious to me. I don't have to really study it. I don't have to, like, practice and train it, although I did, right? But I didn't really have to, like I would for other things. You know, if I'm going to go do a chemistry exam, man, it would take me, like, (laughs) forever to, like, stay up and, like, have sleepless nights over trying to prepare for this. And I would just know what to do when it came to coaching. So I didn't know what to do with that. I'm like, there has been nothing that is felt like this in my entire life. Nothing, 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 right? So it's something that I see God's favor on. What can't you turn off, right? No matter where or what you're supposed to be doing, right? You can't turn this off. It's always just flowing in you. Think about that. Your genius has a way of making itself known in needed places and ways that you might not expect. Your genius has a way of turning on where it's needed most. So I've served in recovery spaces. I was recently on a vacation and encountered, it was just a moment, like I just knew it was true. There was a street vendor, um, by night, I guess, if you will. And he wanted to take a photo. You know, he was taking photos of people in the street. He has his camera. Kind of like Polaroid, sort of. You'd have to pay him for these photos. And I was like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. Like, this isn't what God wants this person to be doing. Like, I don't know, you know, what that is necessarily. But, like, God has something for this person. They need to hear it right now. And so I started talking with him I started asking who he is, what he loves to do, all of these things. I asked him about a necklace he was wearing, just was curious to see, okay, God, like you've stopped me, you have something for him, what is it, right? And as I was talking to this young man, you know, he starts crying, literally in the middle of the street. Grown man starts crying because he he knew it was God had goosebumps, all the things. He just knew it was God. And he's like, oh, man. Like, he literally had been, like, praying and asking God questions that day. And I stopped and was able to be the voice of God to this man, to affirm him, to strengthen him in his resolve about his purpose, to give him that extra courage to go after what he knows that he's here for. (laughs) And he ended up taking a picture on his phone, not his actual um, camera, to save that photo to remember it the next day to like know that that was real and not forget it, right? Just so, so powerful. So it comes out. Your genius will come out when it's needed most. Like this, 
young man was putting a demand on God, right? And God often uses us to be answers. We are his hands and feet in the world. But are we so involved in our own world and what we want to do? Like, I'm on vacation. I didn't even have to notice him. I could have just walked by and that would have been it, right? But there was a whole moment that happened just because I was willing, right? And what a blessing. So your genius has a way of turning on where it's needed most and in unlikely places, okay? And then what captures your attention? When you walk in a room, what do you notice first? Is it the people, their body language, facial expressions, and the tone of their voice? Is it how poorly they're completing tasks? Is it the people who demand your attention? What stands out to you? Do you notice group dynamics, how people speak over music and one another? Do you focus on one or two individuals that don't appear to be enjoying themselves? Or the couple in the corner having a whispered disagreement? If you notice the quality of work first, observe what holds your attention. Are you imagining a more artistic or compelling way to present what's being shared, marveling over the seamless execution or cringing because just one part of the whole isn't up to snuff? Every room you walk into can pull the genius right out of you if you'll only take notice. So pay attention and let it find you, right? I believe that we can, I just personally believe this, but we can be inspired by anything. God can use anything, right? But it's a choice of what you're going to look at, what you're going to focus on. Every moment can be a holy moment. Every moment is a sacred opportunity, but we often don't live like that, right? So God made you on purpose with a purpose and will equip you for your purpose. Reflect on your life and how you've become or how you've been equipped naturally gifted and uniquely strengthened, okay? Chances are each of us could invest more in our strength. Consider how you've honed your genius and identify how you can grow it more. So I often say that what you do privately is what you're promoted for publicly. And often people will think that that just comes easily to you or that you haven't, you know, trained or sacrificed or whatever like on the outside when you make things look easy that's actually a gift a lot of times people have no idea what's behind that or how long it's taken for that to manifest in that way but each of us could invest more in our strength something that i always do i'm always working with a coach i just believe that it's the best way to keep me honest and integrity and accountable right if i'm not investing and what matters most, why would other people invest? To me, it doesn't make sense. So it's just something that I practice. I invest in therapy when it's necessary. I invest in spiritual advising. I invest in different programs and skills that I sense I need to literally be investing in. A lot of times when I'm doing my taxes, the amount of personal investment is insane. Okay, when you're doing a profit and loss statement. The amount of money, thousands of dollars every single year. And that doesn't mean that it's, you know, just easy. It's really uncomfortable. But I know that that level of investment and risk is required and that God will provide. If he's guiding me to this coach, if he's guiding me to this program, if he's guiding me to get this skill set, he'll provide for it. I just need to show up and obey. So if he is, and I don't know who this is for, but if he is guiding you to a coach, to a program, to a 
you know, new skill set that he wants you to develop and, and really gain authority of, invest in it. Invest in it. Don't let your mind or the enemy talk you out of it. Invest in it. When is a good time? When he put it on your mind, <laughs> right? When is a good time? Invest in it, right? When you think about it and you overthink it, that's usually when you lose the opportunity. Okay, and think about people in your inner circle and the people you admire. See whether you can identify their genius and the things they do so naturally that they barely even notice. Start looking for genius. Start having a really big understanding of what that looks like of how you can identify it, of how you can start training and developing it in greater and greater ways, right? So this other piece, that's purpose. This other piece that I just want to highlight is vision. This is really charting your course, planning a trip, right? Really operating by the Holy Spirit, right? It's not only a destination, but also a strategy to get to the destination. So I like to begin with the end in mind, just knowing that we as humans are not trained for success. (laughs) We are trained to preserve ourselves. We're trained to protect ourselves. We're trained to limit ourselves. We're trained to do what is easy and comfortable. And usually that's not what's best for us, right? But if you can start visioning what success actually looks like, then you'll start getting strategies to prepare for that instead, okay? So vision is not only a destination, but also a strategy to get there, okay? It's old school road trip planning and preparation, all right? So think about that. Vision is a trait that every one of us can develop. We tend to give visionaries and creative people a lot of credit, right? But all of us are visionaries and all of us are creative. We are made in the image and likeness of our creator. So you're no longer allowed to say that you're not visionary and that you're not creative. You are, even if it's not expressed the way it looks like for some other people. Okay? So where does vision come from? How do you get it? Vision grows from the habit of asking and answering the right questions for every area in your life which you want to pursue greatness. Hear that again. Vision grows from the habit of asking and answering the right questions for each area of your life in which you want to pursue greatness, okay? So I'm a question master, even as a kid, (laughs) right? Which is probably why I pursued journalism (laughs) and so many other things, right? But one thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask questions. I'm not gonna make assumptions, I'm gonna ask questions, right? And God, if you're like that, God never tires of your questions. And even better, he gives you answers. How awesome is that, right? So asking questions isn't a one-time thing and neither is answering, right? Developing vision is really just developing the habit of asking and answering, asking and answering, right? So we see this in the word of God. Ask, seek, knock, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Like that's literally what God tells us. Now, I will say in all your asking, seeking, knocking, are you actually being still in listening? Because if you're not, (laughs) you might be getting answers, but you're not still to listen for them and receive them. Okay, so questions, right? Where am I? Where am I headed? Where do I want to go? How do I get from here to there? What resources and companions do I need to get there? What will I do along the way? Where will I not be able to go? 
And am I at peace with that, right? Because when you choose one thing, that means that you're giving up something else. That's just always true, okay? So this is one of the great things about coaching. I remember when I started working with my very first coach, I was terrified (laughs) because she asked me all these questions in our very first call before I even hired her that I had been asking but running from my entire life. And I'm like, whoa, nobody else has had the courage, the audacity, the gumption, I don't know, to ever ask me these questions. These questions, right? Nobody has cared. Nobody's thought to ask me nothing, right? And I thought I could get by not answering them. I just figure it out, don't have time for that, whatever, right? But she started asking me these questions and it, I'll just say shook me at my core, right? Like it made me freeze. I'm like, I don't know how I'm even gonna pay this lady, right? But I am actually more afraid, not even of that. Like I'm resourceful, I'll figure that out. God will provide, right? But I'm afraid of what's gonna happen if I don't start answering these questions because nobody can answer these but me, (sighs) right? And I knew in order for my life to change, I had to slow down and do this necessary inner work, okay? So, Look around you. Let's say you want to develop a vision for your marriage. It's fairly straightforward to answer the first two questions with some help from your spouse, right? Where am I headed? Where am I? Whatever, right? But if you don't know where you want to go, what if you don't have a clear destination in mind, right? Like that could feel really uncomfortable. Look around, right? Many of us have had a front row seat to our parents' marriage. So that's a good place to start. You know, is where they ended up where you want to go? Why or why not? How did they end up there? Get close enough to observe others' marriages too, especially ones that inspire you as life-giving and full of unity. What do you notice? As you observe more than one or two things, right, you start to notice patterns. What do thriving marriages seem to have in common? Think about that, okay? So look around you. That's a great way to find vision. You know, what is, who is absolutely crushing it when it comes to parenting? Whose financial generosity takes your breath away? Whose journey to better mental and physical health inspires you? Who is serving others with a purpose the way you feel you desire to, right? This can also be identified as the gift of disorientation, right? When you see someone operating at a level you never even dreamed possible and all your ideas about what's achievable are blown out of the water, okay? So normal (laughs) is ruined for you forever, right? Status quo has completely changed. That's what you're looking out for. That's who you want to watch. Not copy them, right? But to answer, where do I want to go for yourself? Look around and find that vision. It is likely in your world. You're just not looking for it, okay? Another thing to do when it comes to vision is try and test things, right? Most of the famous passages in the Bible are about vision, right? And they're found in the testimony of prophets, right? But one is Habakkuk, right? And he unpacks the questions. The prophet really asked the Lord, on behalf of his people, who would soon be under enormous pressure from the huge Babylonian empire. So Habakkuk wanted to know how the people of God should prepare for the coming years, and he needed vision for the future. Like he just knew if up to himself, that ain't gonna work, right? So what did he do? He started asking questions. Once he posed his questions to God, Habakkuk told us what he planned to do next. 
I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. Habakkuk's next move wasn't sit around and wait. It wasn't, it was get to work. Habakkuk actively positioned himself to hear what God's response to his question would be. This guy was wise, okay? He knew that as our vision begins to come clear, we need divine correction. We don't just need direction, we need divine correction, okay? Think about that. When we look around and find vision, we're throwing ingredients in a pot, if you will, right? We're following what we know of God's direction, moving ahead in confidence because he's right there with us, and will help us put out any accidental fires, right? We can get to work and try things because we know God will put our vision to the test and correct us when we're missing something. So the best practice here is digging into his word and letting its truth test us and our vision. We listen to godly counselors when they offer warnings or advice. We pray like crazy, watching to see what he'll say and trust in his guidance and correction. So this is an ongoing process, right? Like you don't just get a vision and you sit and you wait, right? You get to work. And what I just offered is how you get to work. And this is a consistent process. Then also, when it comes to vision, you want to exercise faithfulness, which I'll just describe here is consistency, steadiness, and just showing up. Because the reality is greatness takes time, right? I'm truly convinced that impatience has stolen more dreams and enticed more people to abandon their purpose than just about anything else, right? Who doesn't want great family relationships, great financial resources, and great physical health, not to mention great spiritual wisdom, right? What achieving each of these has in common is faithfulness, And to attain greatness, you have to keep showing up. This is not a one-time event. You have to keep showing up, okay? So you've got to learn to be faithful. The word says it this way, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Why is that so important? Because without intentional faithfulness, The default state for most of us is chaos, right? So you might know what I'm talking about, right? This month, she's an entrepreneur, and next, she's going back to school. This week, he's a pescatarian, and the next, he's ketogenic. Today, you're lonely, and tomorrow, you're overwhelmed by the number of relationships you have to maintain. The Bible calls this double-minded and unstable and warns that it's foolish to expect anything from God if we can't stay on course. Right? Owie. No one, though, sets out to be inconsistent, double-minded, and unfaithful. It just happens. Unless we're actively, consistently choosing faithfulness. You've got to position and set yourself to do this. Okay? So, here's a couple of ways to keep showing up. One, exercise sober judgment. It can be hard to know how you're doing when results don't line up with your expectations. Okay? So, think about that. Sober judgment is when you're when you're 
needing more and better information, okay? You don't just make decisions out of impulse, all right? With sober judgment, you might see things that need your attention and exercise wisdom, right? More and more, we need better information so that we don't panic and make impulsive, crazy reaction type decisions, right? Set, achieve, and celebrate bite-sized goals, okay? If the only time (laughs) you exhale is when you cross the finish line, you're going to pass out before you get there. It's just true, okay? So stretch, but make achievable goals. Or, you know, your big, hairy, audacious goals. You really want to stretch and have achievable goals. So stretch, yes, but don't make them so big that you can't achieve them. Okay, because anything big, risky, audacious requires immense faith. Okay, but there's wisdom in just being faithful, steady, and consistent as you approach progress in any area of your life. Okay, so stretch, but make it achievable. You know, do you want to be in the best shape of your life? What are you going to do? Right? Why not start by making a stretch goal? Maybe work out three times a week for four weeks in a row, regardless of the results. Then you can celebrate a win and gain inspiration for the next goal, right? But make it something that's achievable. They're 100% achievable, but only if you stretch yourself, all right? Then stay alert for signs of God's favor. Typically, when we don't see progress, we want on the timeline we've mapped out, we confuse faithfulness for futility, And those of us in the pursuit of greatness all want to avoid investing years of effort, energy, and resources into something that never gets off the ground. This is why I teach spirit-driven success. (laughs) And we all have that one acquaintance who is utterly convinced that his destiny is going to break wide open next week, next year, or maybe the year after that, but it never does, right? None of us want to be that guy. So how can we tell whether our efforts are faithful or futile. It's God's favor that makes the difference, okay? It's his favor that makes the difference. When you think about God rescuing his people from slavery in Egypt, he led them into the wilderness for what should have been a journey of a few weeks to the promised land, right? But the Israelites were plagued by chronic trust issues. So God kept them on the road for much longer than it should have taken, okay? 40 years to be exact. Can you imagine? Could have been weeks, but it took 40 years because they had severe and chronic trust issues. What? That's motivation. It would have been easy, right, to conclude that their journey was futile, right? 2,085 weeks is a very, very long time to hope and persevere, except that they were surrounded by signs of God's favor, He provided enough food for all of them, right? Six days a week the whole time. By his provision, their clothes and sandals miraculously didn't wear out, which doesn't even make sense, right? Even though they hadn't yet made it to the promised land, it was obvious that God's favor remained in them. So likewise for us, when we're faithfully pursuing the greatness God has destined for us, we'll see clear confirmation that he's providing for our journey, okay? Think about that. So stay on course and stay alert for supernatural signs that you're on the right track. 
self-discipline, right? This is internally motivated, dependable action, okay? This might sound mean, <laughs> but it's spirit-filled real talk after all, right? If I had a dollar for every broke entrepreneur I've met, I'd be very wealthy, right? It's great to have a million dollar idea, but unless you have the follow through, the stick to the sheer willpower to recruit investors, manufacture and test your product, build and bring it successfully to market, that's all it is, an idea, right? Self-discipline is doing exactly what you said you would do, exactly when you said you would do it in exactly the way you said you would. It's hard, okay? And some of us find self-discipline hard because we're externally motivated. But self-discipline doesn't come from the outside, right? Really, really important. We've got to get the wheel of self-discipline ready to roll without external motivation. You're not always going to feel like it, right? You won't. That's just true. But vision and faithfulness require self-discipline to make them possible, Internally motivated, dependable action is the secret ingredient of character, the sauce that makes all the other parts sing, okay? So, so important, right? You're not going to have people clapping for you. You're not going to have people acknowledging you. You're not even going to feel like doing it sometimes, but will you still show up and be faithful and will you be disciplined when nobody's watching, when nobody's clapping, when no one has any idea who you are and what you do? for years, consistently. Something to think about. (laughs) And how you do this is keep track of your commitments, right? Like, are you doing exactly what you say you're going to do? Does your word even carry any weight? You need a system to make it as humanly, as, as, as simple as humanly possible for you. You need a system. That's just true. You know what I mean? So when it comes to working out, I decided years ago think something to the tune of six years ago, something that I wanted to challenge the idea that I had to like work out at the gym all the time or that I had to work out at hours of time to, to actually get results. I was like, Mm-mm. like, I just want health, right? I want to take care of my body. I want to move it every day. I want to build some muscle because, you know, it's necessary. I want to be a strong human, right? I need to have energy to do what I'm doing in the world. So how can I make that as simple as possible for me? Because I was a trained athlete, right? Like you think that you have to work out for hours, to get effective results, and that just wasn't going to work for me. So I decided that I was going to challenge this idea of working out for like 20, 30 minutes a day. That's it. And from home. These were both radical ideas to me. But I was like, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to (laughs) purchase this home workout program for a year, and we're going to do it. We're going to show up every day and do a 20, 30-minute workout and just see what happens. And I'm still doing that stuff to, to today. Built a garage gym. It's crazy, you know? And it's been a gift. It's been a gift. It's freed up so much time and it's just part of my lifestyle now where it used to be really hard and complicated, but I gave myself a system that was easy to follow. Do I feel like showing up for it every day? No, (laughs) but it's easy. So I have no excuse, right? My clothes are in the closet. My shower's steps away. I can work out barefoot. You know, I can have an open container. (laughs) Nobody's looking at me. It's amazing, right? So I was willing to try that on and it worked out really, really well. But you need a system and make it, as simple as humanly possible and include deadlines, right? What I loved about these workouts, it had a clear start and end date. So it was easy to keep setting goals and showing up. Okay, this is a four-week program. This is a six-week program. This is this many days. Like, I can do that. And then I just keep doing it, right? Then manage your time. 
right? Set a deadline before the deadline and treat it like the real deadline. That's usually my secret. You're welcome, right? If it's due on Friday, work like it's due on Wednesday and finish on Wednesday, okay? Then you've got a few extra days if you need to to refine it, perfect it, whatever, right? And sweat the small stuff. You know, this isn't something that is celebrated, but if I'm gonna do exactly what I said I'd do, exactly when I'd said I'd do it, and exactly the way I said I would, I have to become a lover of the details, okay? You have to. Because you wanna be self-disciplined, right? You have to love the details and be passionate about the things that you're going to produce. If the vision is going to come to pass, it's gonna take many smaller processes, many details to actually make it happen. Without attention to detail, that vision will be nothing but a fantasy, okay? And balance means, this is the last thing, balance means pursuing greatness in all things, okay? Think about that. If, mo- if your money is funny, your future will be a joke. If your relationships are toxic, your potential is poisoned. If your health is neglected, it will demand attention at an inopportune time. If your faith is funky, the foundation of everything you build is faulty. Woof! Okay, you've got to seek greatness in everything you do. You may care most about greatness when it comes to, you know, something that's external, that validation. But if you don't resolve to develop greatness in these areas of your life, at some point, the wheels are going to come off. It's really essential because whatever you ignore will find bigger and better ways of getting your attention, eventually to the point of a self-inflicted setback or even implosion, okay? So really, really focus on how you can be great. The Bible calls it excellence in all areas. How can you really build a foundation that will endure whatever life is throwing at you? That's usually what we're learning in coaching, right? Like if you don't have a firm foundation, life is going to throw you things. So how are you gonna be strong no matter what? Do you have a foundation that's strong enough to support you in those seasons? Do you have the spiritual resources to deal with everything that greatness demands of you? Really think about that, okay? So some final questions. Vision grows from the habit of asking and answering the right questions for each area of your life. Vision is not only a destination, but a strategy to get there. Our vision is informed by observing those around us. Consider what you've observed about the people who have gotten where you wanna go. Think about how the gift of disorientation has pushed you along. Look around and find your vision. To attain greatness, you have to keep showing up. By now, you've likely identified the areas you want to achieve greatness. Assess your faithfulness here. In what ways are you consistently and intentionally showing up? If you want to grow in your faithfulness, identify a few steps to move you forward. And if you need help to do that, get it. Invest in it. We can tell whether our efforts are faithful or futile by recognizing God's favor. When we're faithfully pursuing the greatness God is destined for us, we'll see clear confirmation that he is providing for our journey. And self-discipline requires a system. Make it as simple as humanly possible. Include deadlines and necessary details. 
Someone else's system may not work for you. The important thing is to create one that does. All right? Let's recap. Living your life with urgency is everything. Everything. So think about that. What would it take for you to live your life with urgency? Maybe when did you stop? When would be a good time to start? If life is futile, what do you want to focus on? What do you want your theme, the theme of your life to be about? How do you want people to remember you? What do you want to be known for? And how do you live with this urgency? You do it with knowing your purpose and intentionally living that every day and by tracking with a vision that keeps you stretching and it keeps you in action, okay? If you've made it all the way here, you are amazing. (laughs) And may I offer again, if you didn't hear this part, I do have a few spots to work one-on-one with me. This is put on my heart to open up. I don't know you know, if this is going to be offered again, but it is on my heart to do and I'm being obedient. So if you feel led to work together in a coaching relationship, one-on-one, you can email the team info at julianapage.com, put coaching in the subject line. It's going to be really easy. We'll work together once a week for 60 minutes. It'll be non-negotiable you time where you literally get to focus on you and everything that matters to you, purpose, destiny, identity, legacy, launching that business, whatever it might be, we're going there. We're building a personal map for you to get there and the character and the foundation that will make that sustainable. Okay. So simple. All you got to do, email info at julianapage.com and put coaching in the subject line. All right, everybody. Until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 12 weeks of content that we will go through together, or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook, and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story 
of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.